Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Treasures from the Vault. Morena, good morning, or kia ora, hello. So I mentioned in the last episode that New Zealand has four languages. I may have told you a white lie, depending on how you look at it. New Zealand has three official languages, English, Māori, and sign language. And then we have Kiwi slang, which kind of counts, kind of not. But let's go through them all anyway. Let's start with the easiest, English. Seems self-explanatory as we all speak it, but you may have noticed a small difference in and around words like fish and chips and the number six. Curse of the great New Zealand vowel shift, somehow E's have become I's to the rest of the world and vice versa. And we want to clarify, we think we sound normal, despite saying, you guys saying that that's not the case. So if you have trouble understanding something I say, it's quite possible this is the problem. Of course, it might be linked to one of the other languages, so let's keep moving. Next, we should talk about New Zealand Sign Language, or NZSL, or in Māori, Te Reo Turi. Although it's hard to talk about a visual language for the deaf on a podcast, which they're not exactly likely to hear, (laughs) um, I still want to acknowledge its official nature and its huge influence over um, the deaf culture in New Zealand. And yes, I said NZSL, meaning that we have our own dialect of sign language over here, which has its roots in British sign language and about 33% of it in American sign language. But due to some misguided decisions around education of the deaf at the start, like the banning of sign language in schools, specifically for their education, it was adapted pretty naturally without any kind of adult intervention for over like a hundred years as children basically made the language their own using it in secret or after school with no adults around and therefore it needed to be interpreted later on in 1985 it was actually proven to be a full and complete language by Marianne Algren in her PhD at Victoria University, where I went, actually, but came out having done nothing that cool and with a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Teaching, which is probably linked to the fact that I'm here lecturing you like your kids in my class. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I hope you're enjoying this. Anyway, NZSL is like the main language of the deaf community in New Zealand. And it became an official language of New Zealand in April 2006 under the New Zealand Sign Language Act. The purpose of that act was to create rights and obligations in the use of NZSL throughout the legal system to ensure the deaf community had the same access to government information and services as everybody else does. And according to the 2013 census, over 20,000 New Zealanders speak NZSL. Which leads nicely into the next language of New Zealand and some pretty shocking facts about it, actually. In the 2013 census, we discovered a mere 148,400 New Zealanders can hold a basic conversation in te reo Māori. That's only 3% of the population of the entire country. And 84.5% of that are Māori. 
It's terrifying to me that we've driven the indigenous language of the people of New Zealand into near extinction with basically disinterest. The results of the 2018 census are actually due out in the next few weeks. It takes a while to process that kind of information. And I'm actually really interested to know if the push that we've been doing over these last sort of, you know, what is that, six years or so, actually has strengthened the numbers as we've been trying to strengthen the language. So keep posted for that interesting update. But it, you know, interestingly, it wasn't always that way. In fact, up to the 1870s, it was actually really common for everybody to speak Māori. It was never actually a written language at all, so people just had to learn it, to talk to Māori people, and they did. Until the settlers had like a greater need to trade with them, and then the missionaries took it upon themselves to write down Māori and systemise the entire written language. Māori actually took to that pretty wholeheartedly and they began to teach each other in 1820 with like charcoal and leaves and stuff if they couldn't get their hands on paper. But in the 1870s, the dominance of English really began to show. Te Reo Māori was actually pushed back to the communities just to begin with. Then the use of it was discouraged in public spaces and then incredibly it was actually punished. We were so losing it. As the war happened and people moved from rural to urban spaces and English because more and more people were bothered to learn in order to get ahead, they they learned English, you know, and we lost it even more. And in 1972, it had reached a crucial breaking point and groups had actually formed at universities whose sole purpose was to keep the language and the culture alive. And these groups petitioned Parliament to promote the language and they Parliament actually granted them at first a Māori language day, which is now a week. And I, you may remember, if you listened to the last episode, I talked about that, Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori. Then Kohangareo, or Māori Immersion Schools, appeared in 1982 as part of that push to return to the roots of not just the language but the culture. And then the knowledge kind of began to flood back to the youth. This return to our indigenous language roots wasn't always greeted with open arms and there was much controversy around it initially, as there is with all change and this kind of thing. But the government again stepped in to promote and enforce in places where it needed to. And in 1987, Māori was made an official language of New Zealand under the Māori Language Act. It's well too late at that point if you ask me, but thank goodness we did it at all. And while the decline has been arrested for now, in order for growth, it actually needs way more support and encouragement like than ever before. And honestly, this topic is way too big for a little podcast like mine. Um, I guess I've tried to simplify all of the facts of the topic for you. And I honestly think I'll need to be back to cover that some more um, one day again. But as well as the history of the language, I'd like to talk to you a bit about the building blocks of te reo Māori and, and what it actually is. So the Māori, lang- uh, the Māori language is made up, obviously, of the Māori alphabet or te, te putaka Māori, like that's how you say the Māori alphabet. Um, and it consists only of 10 consonants and five vowels. By the way, I need to specify I'm no expert. I'm actually one of the few people who can't 
well not one of the many people who can't hold a conversation in Māori this one of the things I wanted to achieve out of this podcast is not only a greater connection with the country that I love but to start teaching myself things that I really should know based on the fact that I love it so much so a lot of this I do know and some of this was news to me so um I'm gonna keep trying I guess as that's all we can do anyway um so forgive me if I make mistakes is what I'm saying I'm still new and I'm still pushing myself and you know all attempts are good attempts so anyway um yeah it, it, the Maori alphabet actually consists of only 10 consonants and five vowels that's it there are the vowels um r e e o u you know just the same as you would normally have but the consonants are h k m n ng which is n g p t r w and fa which is W-H. So two of the consonants are actually digraphs, which is like two letters that combine to form one sound. So fa-nga, like it's, that's two letters together, but it's one consonant. It's kind of confusing, but that's a thing. And then there's the slight more confusion of the macron or the little line above the vowels that sometimes happens that essentially means that the vowel is pronounced longer changing the sound of the word and changing the way that the vowel sounds so this is all kind of sounds tricky but it's actually pretty simple and um what i love about it is they use maori culture uses music a lot um to convey stories to welcome to farewell um and and quite often to teach and um, when i was at primary school and um, we learned a song um, to help us figure out how to pronounce every Māori song, uh, every Māori word. Um, and it was kind of catchy, and I still use it today to try and figure out things. Um, it's not always helpful because sometimes when sounds combine, it changes the sound completely, but it's actually a really good bass block. Um, so I'm just going to sing it like a weirdo. Um and see if I can get through it for you guys um, and maybe bring back some very fond um, primary school memories for those Kiwis out there. So it's called a hakama. Uh, for obvious reasons, it, it uses all the vowels and all the consonants that I just listed before and goes through the sound block. So, um, yep. So that's our little catchy tune that I sing through to myself when I'm trying to remember how that sound is pronounced in my head. So you might hear a slight pause as I sometimes go through that in my head. So, yep, there we go. Learning <laughs> learning how to speak Māori with song. It's very appropriate. Um, now I'm going to teach you a couple of phrases because um, you guys are doing really well on some of those words that I gave you guys last time. So I'll give you a few more. One of them you heard already, morena. Um, that actually means what you think it means. Good morning. Um, kia ora. 
is both hello and goodbye and a few other different things. You can kind of use kia ora in a lot of situations. Kia ora also kind of means thanks or sup or a bunch of that kind of stuff. Something you'll hear quite often um, in New Zealand is kitapehe kwe, which is how are you or how's it bro? Um, and generally the response is kitapai, which means I'm very well, I'm a box of fluffy ducks, you know. Um, and then you might hear something like tinopai in response to that, which is just good stuff, or tumeke, which is like choice, awesome. Um, so there's some basic phrases for you that you can say good morning to someone, say hello, say goodbye, ask them how they're doing, you know, all in Māori and, and feel pretty choice about yourself. So, okay, now I know you've been hanging out this entire time to hear me talk about the fourth um, unofficial language, the Kiwi slang, um, but I actually have so much to say on this topic and we've already hit uh, quite a lot of time talking about the three already that I'm going to spend the entire episode next week dedicating myself to explaining ourselves and our crazy language. So you're just going to have to wait until next week. Aroha mai, which means give me compassion or sort of a I'm sorry, don't hate me. Um, <laughs> being sorry for somebody else, by the way, is a different thing. Aroha atu, that's I'm sorry for you. So aroha mai. My means me, aroha my, aroha atu. I'm sorry for you. So there you go. I've taught you a lot today. Yay! I hope you got something out of this. News Nuggets. Okay, so today for News Nuggets, I bring you two articles. One is terrifying, the other is crazy. Uh, it's extreme, two extremes. Um, I'm going to start with the terrifying one because I'm still kind of freaking out about it. Nestle's reduced cream is moving factories. Moving the factory that produces it. They're not sure when the moving is happening, if there's going to be a halt in production schedule. Like, even if Nestle's reduced cream is going to be continued and the fear of running out in New Zealand is real. The tension is palpable the hoarding has already begun so to explain why everybody in New Zealand is freaking out right now I'll tell you a recipe that literally every New Zealander knows is probably born with the knowledge of it's really difficult three ingredients if required you open up the reduced cream you open up a pack of Maggi onion soup mix and you throw them in a bowl then you need to pull some malt vinegar out of the cupboard and you put a spoonful of that in with the rest and then you mix really hard. Super complicated, see? And then, just to piece de resistance, uh, you chuck it in the chiller for a bit until it sets real nice and then you crack a set of chips, you know, like salt and vinegar chips or something like that, and then you dip away. This dip is at every single good kiwi party surrounded with chips and crackers and maybe even some carrot sticks seriously if there is no kiwi dip is it even a party and now with the re with the reduced cream production in serious danger will there ever be parties again <sighs> you guys just don't understand Here, okay so let's put this into context fun fact in November 2011, 
sanitarium had to shut down the production of Marmite due to some unsafe equipment, and it wasn't expected back until July 2012. They could not have expected the full-fledged panic as Marmageddon took hold of the country. Sales of black gold jars were recorded as high as $800 for something that usually sold for $4.25 at the supermarket. In actuality, they weren't back until February 2013. And man, oh man, were we happy to see it again. I cried, like real tears. You'll never understand the joy. We will never take her granted ever again. And this, this is why we fear. This is what we are scared of. What will reduced creams Armageddon look like? I, I I just don't know if I can do it again, guys. I just don't know. Anyway, to distract myself from the fear of that, I kept reading the news and I found another article about my hometown of Wellington and a consciousness-raising crayfish named Frank. And this is where the crazy comes in. He has, and him and his marketing campaign, have cost the taxpayers a grand total of 16 thousand dollars for basically the crayfish costume and the whole marketing campaign that went with it now the marketing campaign consists of things like frank in his crayfish suit stopping campers from burning treated wood and like their fires and stuff or in their fireplaces and here i'm directly quoting because it makes frank cray cray yeah mm-hmm I said that. Other things that Frank will be fighting is driving on beaches and washing out paintbrushes into stormwater and things like that. Now, all of these things are really good to have a Frank conversation about. And yes, that was pun intended because that's part of the marketing campaign. Um, Because we should all do our part to conserve our natural environments. I have no problems with that. I have no problems with the council drawing attention to it. What makes me laugh is that the suit cost more than the guy, than they, they paid the guy to wear it. So that's nuts. And did it have to involve the crayfish suit and the bad puns? I mean, I guess it... I guess I am paying attention to it, so I guess it did work. I'm paying attention more to the guy in a crayfish suit than I am the message, but I guess I am still paying attention. So, you know, there is that. But when you think about the guy, like how many times a day do you reckon he now hears, oh, wouldn't make want to make you go cray-cray now, would we? (laughs) I just, man, put myself in that guy's feet, like in that guy's shoes, I I just don't know if it's worth it. Jules Time to Shine. Hey, y'all. Jules Time to Shine is going to be real brief this week. Really quick sum up of the week. Um, I failed my warrant because my car needs two new tires and I cried a bit about that, so that was fun. My face is looking much better though, um, way less bruised. Um, I work on retail clothing right now and it's change of seasons right now and I don't know if any of you out there know about retail clothing, but that basically means my life is hell 
right now is I changed the entire store. I'll give you some context. My job is the visual merchandiser for a whole region, so I basically have to go around every store and make sure that they've changed their store. But they generally just sort of wait for me to get there to do it for them. So that's fun. Um, but to end the week, um, I got to play my very first game of Call of Cthulhu um, in a one-on-one campaign with the amazing DM of Wheel of Woe, uh, a.k.a. The Blind Rat, or Joe from Hindsightless, here with his own podcast on Anchor, talking about all things RPG and just whatever trolls through his head, really. So if you haven't already checked out Hindsightless, please do get over there because he is a man with a pretty epic brain in his head and I enjoy what he has to say so yep uh some good times um so yeah so I had an incredible time learning about how to play Call of Cthulhu and learning about like rolling on percentages instead of rolling just a d20 to decide pretty much everything um and I just, I don't know, I just really liked the losing sanity mechanic. Um, and I actually really look forward to playing another game where that gets challenged more. So, um, uh, yeah, I love, I love, I love, I love playing games. And I'm quite happy to play at crazy times because I realize I live in New Zealand and that does make it hard with everybody else's timetable. So I'll stay up until one o'clock in the morning and play your crazy game with you love to so um get in touch always happy to play more and uh i really hope my uh jules time shine is more shiny and less blue shiny next week <laughs> for you guys all nothing really much happened this week but it was a good week yep jules gems okay i just wanted to start this segment jules gems saying i was all Korero Māori mai and or speak Māori to me and you freely delivered so thank you so much um it made my heart really glad to hear you guys all giving it a go so tino pai tumeke four gems this week so here we go hey Jules it's Jeff so now you've got me super interested in the Maori language and I recently read an article about the fact that uh, the Maori language is now including words for things that they didn't have words for previously, one of which was autism, which I'm going to pronounce ter- terribly, but is takiwatanga, I think. And it means being in your own time and space. And as a parent of a kid on the autism spectrum, I think that is a wonderful definition, a wonderful description of what uh, what he experiences. And it doesn't stigmatize him or make it uh, a disability or anything. It just says that he's different and has some respect to it. And I thought that was really cool. And I thought I would share that with you. This is so cool. Someone on the other side of the world is teaching me something about Māori um and I think that is amazing and why I love the world and it's entirely true that Māori are having to invent words for things that for concepts that just didn't exist back in the day or they had um words that kind of encompassed it but because of like the lack of consonants or 
um, vowels or um, sounds or, or ways to combine those things, there is only, they, they used to think there's only like so many words and so there was some words with lots of different meanings and so that gets complicated when you're trying to discuss really specific things like autism. So um, that, that absolutely words are still being created to this day to encompass the world, which is kind of incredible and awesome to be uh, in a country that's doing that and recognizing that. And, and the Māori in New Zealand is all about acceptance of who you are and, and um, being okay with that space of who you are. And, and for the Māori, words have power. So labeling something is about understanding it and 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 um, accepting it and growing with it more um, and learning about it and all of that kind of good stuff so it starts with the word for it um, so it's no surprise to me that in the leaps and bounds that we're making towards understanding autism um, somebody has made a Maori word for it um, which is kind of incredible to me. And um, I've had a go at pronouncing it for you. I believe it is Takiwatanga, um, you know, but your way also works, dude. Like, no stress here. <laughs> Kiwis are all about sweet as and give it a go. And I love the fact that you did. So um, kia kaha, stay strong, um, fight the good fight and all of that. Cheers. Hi, Jules. It's Laren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I have been struggling with a broken phone. The microphone was broken, so I haven't been able to send you a welcome. I'm so happy that you joined the Anchor community. And let me just say, holy cow, girl, you can sing. Woo! That was awesome. I don't think I'm brave enough to sing our national anthem. I'm not terribly proud of it these days either, but that's a different issue. Anyway, <laughs> um... I am loving your show. I keep looking forward to new episodes and I am listening to your second episode right now, but I got a different phone and thought I'd better comment. Hey, Liren. Kia ora. Um, thanks for the welcome. Thanks so much. Um, the Anchor community has just been amazing and um, really felt really positive about starting this crazy endeavor I've gotten myself into. And um, thanks so much for the compliments on my singing. I have to tell you, I'm kind of cheating a little bit. I actually um, sing in a covers band pretty much every weekend. So um, singing will probably be a thing that I continue to do on this podcast every now and then because it brings me joy. And why not do more things that bring us joy every day? That's what I say. And I'm pretty sure I heard a cat in the background, so I'm going to need more information on that, Laren, because as a cat owner myself, I adore uh, information about other people's animals. So, yay! Hi! <laughs> Kia ora, Jules. Pucky, pucky on that last episode. That's just my itty gesture to you. Really enjoyed hearing you talk about the uh, the language of New Zealand there. Good thing you mentioned about the uh, the Kiwi thing. I was never too sure whether people from New Zealand like being called Kiwis or not. You, you, you've always been pro Kiwi yourself. And it was interesting to hear that there is a little bit of derision there. The other thing that really grabbed me 
you were talking about the Kiwi shoe polish. I've still got that Kiwi shoe polish here in my house, polishing my kids' shoes ready for starting back at school. Awesome episode. You take care of yourself. Catch you later. Kiara Jules is Collins, a.k.a. Spike Pit here. Just calling in because I've been meaning to call in for days, having made a rat's ass of my last message. Um, after all this time, it's been nearly a year I've been listening to the Anchorites and calling in and, and doing my own podcast. And I'm terrible for something comes into my head and I leave a message straight away without listening to the rest of the episode. So I felt real bad about you getting your face all bruised up and, uh, you know, I sort of felt I should have sympathised with you there. I've also got a, a blood condition. I'm a haemophiliac, but uh, rather than being short of factor eight, I'm short of factor nine and it's it's a kind of rarer form called Christmas disease. So there you go. Um, another mutant. You take care and, um, yeah, I, I must say I've only got the one penis though. I I'm not covered. Colin, I died. Uh, when I listened to this for the first time, and I've listened to this several times now, I died. I, like, spat my coffee all over myself, and it was great. I got to clean it up, and it was fantastic. Um, like, thank you so much for calling in and <laughs> just adding some humour to my day. That was great. Um, I love Christmas. I am fascinated by why yours is called the Christmas disease, and I may need to go do some research on this because that's amazing. Because um, every time I go into the hospital, they're always taking my blood for the medical students to analyze and be like, what's wrong with this blood? Um, so I've always been a little bit of a freak uh, in the New Zealand medical system. So it's kind of nice to meet somebody who is also kind of a, a another mutant freak in the blood department. So that's cool. Um, I feel like we're friends now, so that's just a thing now. Um, I cannot believe that polish is still going. Um, I haven't polished shoes in a really long time, so I, I would never glow, <laughs> but that's amazing that it's, that it's still going. And I just wanted to say, Colin, that your itty gesture was a nui one to me um and i needed to say kamal tewehi which is like awesome um basically more syllables to say it but it essentially means awesome because it was just really cool to hear you using some um maori korero maori um that was really cool dude so yay look forward to hearing from you again soon and checking out more of your podcast bye Kia ora, Jules. It's Joe. I just had to call in because I just felt the need to pocky pocky because your show is so cop high. I just think that it's amazing that I have two soulmates, not one, but two soulmates on Anchor now. One is Dave from Deep Percentile because of his love for the crow in the dark tower. And the other one apparently is you. Little do you know, I have been calling myself a reverse X-Men or an anti-X-Men for decades now because of my genetic condition. And when I heard you say that, I don't know, it blew my mind. So anyway, I'm going to get out of here. You have yourself a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Cheers. Kia ora, Joe. 
tino pai rawa atu, which essentially means excellent in your use of Māori there, buddy. I thought that was pretty damn choice. Um, and that is crazy that we've been using the same term to describe our crazy uh, <laughs> a genetic hereditary or whatever it is going on with you stuff that um, is going on with our bodies and stuff. Um, I love the fact that I let, you know, like I take charge of it and I label myself as a reverse superpower. Um, and I love the fact that you do too. Um, that means we're like definitely, definitely soulmates, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll own that. You seem cool. So I'd be happy to be soulmates with you. Um, cool. Um, this has been a crazy long episode, way longer than I thought it was going to be. I just had a lot to say as it turns out on the topic. So I'm going to go now, but as always, um, for you anchorites, I've attached, um, another Spotify tune for you. This one is one of my favorite ever Maori songs. Um, it was written by a Maori linguist basically to promote Maori ethnic pride among young Maori people um, in a super popular format. You know, like it was, it was basically like it came out basically when I was born around 1983, 1984, somewhere around there. Um, and it's, it's had a couple of resurgences. It's come back in like 2009 when Vodafone used it and it came back in the movie Boy um, in 2010, um, which was pretty cool. And then in 2016, there was actually a film made about the song, which premiered at the New Zealand International Film Festival, which is kind of crazy. So um, some of you might have a clue now of the song that I'm talking about. Um, because it is kind of everywhere and its music video is hilarious because it also has very interesting influences from the hip-hop culture present because they were trying to get in touch with young people. Um, so that's fun. So definitely check that out. Uh, yeah, it's Poyer and uh, have fun listening to this one. For all of you that aren't on Anchor, Again, I say it every week. Go check out my playlist of awesome, awesome New Zealand music on Spotify. You won't regret it. See you later. Until next time, and as I promised, where we talk about that unofficial fourth New Zealand language, the Kiwi slang.